And so Revelation 2.18, the angel of the church in Thyatira, these things says, the Son of God, who has eyes like flame of fire and his feet are like fine brass. I know your works. He's talking to the church. Love, service, and faith. Your patience as for your works. The last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants and to commit sexual immorality and to eat things that are sacrificed to idols. Now listen to this. And I gave her time to repent. How many know God gives people time to repent and make it right? Okay. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. And then, and I really want you to focus on this now. Revelation 2.23, if you just jump down. I will kill her children. So obviously she has children. I will kill her children with death and with all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts. Say minds and hearts with me. How many know the Spirit searches all things? He knows all things. The great apostle Paul said, yea, even the deep things of God. So God searches our hearts and our minds. Can you say amen? amen. And so Revelation 2.26, listen to this. He who overcomes, overcomes what? The spirit I just described. That's the spirit of Jezebel. Okay? He who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give the power over all nations. Can you say praise God? He will rule them with a rod of iron, and they shall be dashed into pieces like a potter's vessel. What a beautiful thing. What he's actually saying is, listen to this, in the end I'm going to give authority to people who are broken vessels. How many know a horse isn't even worth anything until it's been broken? Have you ever been broken? How many of you have been broken before? Broken in your finances, broken in your health, broken in your marriage, broken over wayward children, whatever it might be. He who has an ear to hear, Jesus said, what the Spirit of God would say. Certainly this morning speaking to us. And, and again, he will give that authority to that. So I'm going to share something very different with you today, but let's pray first. Father, thank you for your presence that is here amongst us. Thank you for your holy word, the Bible, God, for it is a lamp unto our feet in these perilous times and a light unto our paths, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, that we can come today under an open heaven, Lord, through worship, through intercession and praise, Lord. We can open the Bible in a free country, God, with, even with all the chaos in these last days that is going on outside these doors. Thank you, Lord, that the Spirit searches all things. And it gives us revelation, Lord God, about these end times. Lord, bless the preaching of your word and the ministry that follows in Jesus' mighty name, all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Now let's give the Lord a big hand of praise before you're seated. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Glory. Praise God. So if you're taking notes here today, I'm talking about breaking. The title is Breaking the Spirit of Jezebel. I didn't title this till this morning. I sent the notes to uh, Nathan. Yesterday and then this morning, he said to me, do you have a title for this message? <laughs> Praise God. Usually a lot of times a title uh, is the last thing that comes while you're pre 
preparing messages. So the book of Revelation, you know, it's describing, it's a picture of the seven churches. It's prophetic in nature. It's, it's describing several things here, which I don't have time to delve into, but I'll just scratch the surface a little bit with you. Uh, number one, it's describing, again, these seven churches, the first three chapters of the final book of the Bible. Written, it was written by John the Revelator, John who was exiled because of his preaching the gospel. He was exiled to an island in Patmos. It's about 2,000 years old now. And when he wrote it, he was getting revelation through the revelatory gifts, through the illumination of the Holy Spirit. He was getting a gifts and writing under the anointing, inspired by God, Numa, the breath of God upon him. He was writing about end-time prophecy. How many of you believe that we're living in the last days? Okay. Now, I would never put a date on that because Jesus said, no man knoweth the hour of the day. But there certainly are indicators and things that are as clear as clear can be in the Word of God that tell us pretty much right where we're at on that calendar, the clock of humanity. Someone said that the, the sands of time are running out very quickly on the human race. And so we have to be in tune dialed into what the Spirit of God would say. How many would believe that? Say amen with me. Yeah, so seven churches. And every one of those churches, Jesus starts out commending them, but then he confronts them and combats them too. And this one here, Thyatira, you know, we, we could think easily of the, most of us like to quote, you know, Revelation, uh, you know, chapter 3 about the church at Laodicea. I know your works, you're neither hot nor cold because you're neither hot nor cold, you're lukewarm. We all kind of quote that, it's been preached on. But this one in Thyatira is really interesting because it mentions this lady called Jezebel. Now Jezebel, just a quick backdrop, uh, we see her in 1 Kings, she appears. She's a wicked, demonic, demon-possessed uh, ruthless woman who marries King Ahab. How many of you know your Bible? You understand I'm preaching the truth there, okay? And she marries him, and she's big into uh, seduction, fornication, sexual immorality, and manipulation. And uh, so Jezebel is mentioned, and we see it in Kings, and we see the prophet Elijah, and we see all that, and we're going to get into that in just a minute. But then we see it like... Most Bible scholars believe about 15 to 1,800 years later mentioned in the book of Revelation. Again, the Bible spans over a big span of time. Are you with me? And so um, it's mentioned, and she's mentioned, and Jesus said not only does, like we know she, she died in the Old Testament, but she has children. But Jesus, generations. And so the thing is with her children, again, this is a spirit we're referring to now. The thing with those spirits are that they can be fed and nurtured. They come in an embryonic stage, an embryo. But if we're not careful, are you still with me? If we're not careful, if we feed those things, if we give a door to those things in our life, they begin to take over. Is this okay this morning? And so I feel like I'm preaching to some people here today, and I, and I really hope you'll take some notes because I believe this is going to set some folks free in this service this morning. So here's a few things, you know. In, in uh, Revelation 2.23, he says her children have to die. So he's saying, notice, you can't let them dominate your mind or your heart. Think about that. A spirit that dom dominates the mind, the thoughts, the will, the intellect, the heart, 
the spirit of a person. Because if you do, they'll take over and they'll destroy your life in every single way. Okay? So let me just give you a couple of characteristics. Here's the first one. The spirit of Jezebel is a spirit of manipulation. You might want to write that down. She manipulated and wanted to control the prophet of God, the man of God, Elijah, in every single way. This would be a great time to fall asleep while I'm preaching. The devil would love to lull you to sleep so you miss this and you keep on living in bondage when you walk out of here. How many of you want to live in freedom? Then I would lean in on this one. She wanted to manipulate and control Elijah the prophet, Ahab the king. She controlled him like a puppet. And so, you know, manipulation is what? You know, motivation, motivation is if I motivate you, I do it for your good. Right? If someone manipulates you, they do it for their good. When I watch the news today, I feel like I'm being manipulated. That's why I don't watch the news. If Smith Wigglesworth said to Lester Summerall way back pre-Second World War, the first time he met him, allowed him to come in his house, he came there with a, with a newspaper roll-up. He said, put that pack of lies in the garbage or don't come in this house. Pretty good advice, right? Especially today with CNN. You know what CNN stands for, everybody, right? Constant negative news. I had someone call me, by the way, and say, I, I, I was looking for a church and I watched your, your church on television, and I heard you made a, and you turned it political. You said that Donald Trump was more spiritual than Joe Biden. So I won't go to a church like that. Actually, I never said that, but I would say when you vote, you need to vote. If you're a, if you're a believer, just to make this really clear so this doesn't get twisted out there. If you're a believer in Jesus, how many of you are born-again Christians? How many of you, let me just, just keep your hand up. How many of you believe the Bible cover to cover? All the God, Okay. You cannot vote for someone who is for the killing of the unborn. Can you say amen? Look, look, folks, forget it. It's not spiritual to go into a voting booth with a curtain around you and nobody sees it but you and Jesus and, and to elect someone who is for the killing of babies. Their blood will be on the hands, okay? So it's not a political statement. Okay? So just to be crystal clear about that. Not a political statement, but you need to know the facts. All right? Okay. Praise God. I'm sure I'll get some fan mail over that one too. <laughs> so it's a spirit of manipulation. Here's a second spirit. I hope you're writing this down. The spirit of Jezebel is an unmarried spirit. It's an unmarried spirit. What does that mean? Well, we see it in the Old Testament. She's a real woman who lived. She was exceedingly wicked. She was a married woman with an unmarried spirit. What does that mean? There's a lot of people today that are married. They have rings, but they don't live like they are. They've allowed their minds to become filthy and dirty and toxic. They've opened their hearts up. And they say, I don't need to remain true to my, my marital vows. Trust me, I know. I'm dealing with people right now, not in the church, but people that have just broke my heart. They've come to me. I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Please, 
The Bible says, come now, let us reason together. Can't we work through these things? What about your kids? Okay? I know sometimes it's inevitable, divorce. I understand that. I really don't see where it solves things. Uh, and so it's, it's a lustful spirit. It's an unclean spirit. It's an immoral spirit, as Jesus spoke of in Revelation. And he even goes on to say, listen, I gave her space to repent of this thing, but she did not. How many know God's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance? Amen? Yeah. So God gives a space. He gives us a time and a season to get it right with God. Aren't you thankful for the grace of God? We're living under a dispensation of grace right now. Amen. Praise God. And so, you know, and notice thirdly about the manifestation of the spirit that she has children, okay? And that the spirit of Jezebel, thirdly, it produces children. I want to make sure you get that. It produces children. Okay, spiritually speaking now. Are you still with me? It's kind of deeper, but it's in the word and it's for our own good. It's not a Twinkie message. It's Brussels sprouts. Okay. It comes, it comes in, it, there's the children, they come operating in your life in an, in an embryo stage. And if you let it go, and if you feed it, and if you shelter it, and you allow it in your life, it's going to manipulate you and get you directly out of the will of God. Is this okay? It'll get better, but I need to tell you what the facts are. Amen? I could sing you happy again if you want me to, but I, that's not my assignment today. I want you to understand what we're dealing with today out there. And it's come directly against the church. And when I say the church, you know, just relax, okay? I'm not singling out anybody in this room, okay? The universal church, okay? The church of God, the followers of Jesus. It's end time prophecy being fulfilled right before our very eyes. And so, uh, so he says, and again, he said, he said, I gave her space to repent. In the King James, when we get, the, it means fornication, which in the Greek word pornonia, which is the word pornography, that's where it comes from. How many know there's many people that are bound up in pornography today? Yeah. And because of now technology, and I'm not anti-technology, obviously, but because of technology, it's just way too easy to, for the devil to get his old claws in a man. Years ago in the 90s, I'm sure it's higher than that now, they said 41% of men in evangelical churches are hooked on internet porn. In the 90s, do you think it's gotten any better? So it's the spirit of Jezebel working to, to destroy your home, sir, ma'am. We need to be aware of these things, okay, and not coddle them, not feed them. So it's a spirit that comes against the end time church and uh, pornography. And then, so... You know, even though thousands of years, again, removed from 1 Kings, Jezebel, she died in 1 Kings. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. Her name is mentioned over and saying that Jesus said she has children 1,800 years later before the canonization of Scripture. And so, uh, you know, if you open the, the door, I just need to say this. If you open the door, Revelation 2.23, if you open the door, how many know if I go to the door of my house, somebody rings the doorbell in my house, I have the choice to let them in or not. Okay, let me help you here. It's not that complicated. But it's as real as the fact you're sitting in these funny purple seats today. If somebody comes to my house, I answer the door. I don't make my wife do it. I do because I'm the man of the house, Okay. And the buck stops here, right? And so somebody comes to my, they ring the doorbell and knock on the door, whether, you know, I open the door. At first I look out that little peephole. Thank God for that little peephole, right? 
Because if it's a Jehovah Witness, you know, I mean, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I don't get too many people knocking my door. Maybe it's Domino's Pizza. Who knows? You know, it's somebody. But I have that authority to open that door or to keep the door locked. You have the authority, sir, ma'am. And this is not a gender spirit, okay, by the way. It's genderless. It's a spirit we're referring to, not a woman or a man. You have the authority to either open the door. You say, God, why do you make it so easy for us to have access to these things? Well, it's like the Garden of Eden. Did you ever realize that God, if he wanted to, with the tree of, of you know, good and knowledge, you, good and evil, you realize that he could have put a barbed wire fence and had armed soldiers and tanks and bullets and uh, around that tree and Adam and Eve would have never touched it. You know, we would actually have no clothes on if that were the truth right now. Okay, so but but he gave them he gave them the free will to access that. He told them not to access it. Like I'm telling you not to access the spirit of Jezebel's children. But because you're not like Marriott puppets on a string. Remember, it's, it's way before my time, they said there was a show called It's Howdy Duty Time. I may remember that. It's Howdy, somebody has duty time. He was a marionette, right? And that means you could, if you looked really close in that old black and white film, you could see the strings on him. We're not, God didn't make us like that. Okay? He made us creatures, uh, his creation created in his likeness and image. But like Adam and Eve, he said, don't touch that one tree. You have everything here you want, but don't touch. And they did it anyway. Why? They listened to the serpent. Who's the serpent? The devil, the opposite of the word of God. Are you still with me? So he said, don't give a place for the children of Jezebel. In fact, it gets really harsh. You won't hear this preached in the seeker sensitive church, but I'm going to tell you the truth anyway. He says, you must kill those children. You must kill them. It's a spirit that has to be killed, not a physical baby, but it comes in an embryo, an embryonic stage to you, many times through something on your phone. Maybe it's a movie. Maybe it's a suggestive look or a thought or a word. You know what I'm talking about. It's called temptation. It's as old as humanity itself. Okay, so God gives you the opportunity to have access, but not entry. Okay, and so this is what we're dealing with. So. We've got this spirit going on, and it's battling against people today. And I'm just going to give you these four things this morning. And there are people by the thousands that are listening to me today on the television out there and on the stream and all those platforms of communication going out. And I'm telling you, folks, every person within the sound of my voice is battling in one level or another this stuff. Because the thief, T.L. Osborne used to say the gospel is in one verse, John 10.10. 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. How many know there's a great attack against the American family? Oh, listen, you're not fighting, uh, you know, flesh and blood. I don't know who called it out. Was it Jesse the other night that called out and said there's like three marriages in here that need to be healed. And you need to realize you're not fighting against flesh and blood, but you're fighting against principalities, spirits. Spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay? So just love them. You know, don't fight. Don't, don't go, you know, toe-to-toe with your, with the, the, sir, with your wife that God gave you, the bride of your youth. Ma'am, don't, fight, don't look at your husband who's the breadwinner and trying to pay the bills and be responsible. Don't go against him like he's the devil. But it's a spirit that comes against. It's a spirit of Jezebel that comes against 
And here's the four areas I want to give you. And we're just going to talk a few minutes and then we're going to minister to people because I believe people will get freed up this morning. Are you ready? Here's the first one. The Jezebel works in these four areas. The first one is lust. I've had more men tell me they struggle with lust. They struggle with lust. So what am I supposed to do? One man said, I'm driving down the road. It's summertime. These women, are the clothes are getting more scantily by the year. I'm driving down the road, and I see this person jogging. I don't know if it's a male or a female. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> oh, sorry, I forgot. It's 2020. Okay, I forgot. I don't, know. I don't know if it's a male or it's a female. I'm driving down the road. They're jogging. I can see them over there. And like I get a little closer and like I can't help it. I got to look. I said, no, let me give you let me get let me help you here. OK, let me give you a quote from Martin Luther from the 16th century. He said, it's impossible to keep the birds from flying over your head, but you don't have to let them make a nest in your hair. Let me tell you what God gave the man and the woman. OK, today it's called a neck. <laughs> so when you're driving, don't wait till you get so close to see. Turn your head with your neck. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Somebody give God praise if you believe what I'm saying here this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so lust, fear, just put the four words up if you got them together. Lust, fear, discouragement, and depression. That's the four primary signals, I want to say it like that in the spirit, that the spirit of Jezebel's children will give off to you. Like a radio tower with signals, they'll give them off to you. Lust, everybody say lust. Fear, discouragement, and depression. And I'll show you the, the, the scripture for that. And there's lots of them, but I'll just give you like one today because of time. The, the frustration that sometimes we have as preachers is this. Listen, folks, is, and I was talking about this with uh, Winnie Patton earlier, because, and, and God bless you, so many of you have signed up for the ministry school. Even today when I came in, somebody signed up for courses back there. You know, she's like, wow, I can't believe how many people are signed up for global, you know, ministry or Berean school of the Bible. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of options. Okay. It doesn't have to be North Point, nothing against North Point. I'm just saying there's dozens of options here. We want to help you that feel called of God. I know we're all called of God, but you feel called to this or one of the fivefold ministry. We want to resource you because that's what I do. Ephesians chapter four, pastors primarily equip the saints for ministry. We don't do ministry. We equip the saints for ministry. Amen. Praise God. So, you know, a little plug for the ministry school. But I just want to talk to you about these things for just a moment because this signal goes out from Jezebel's children, lust. Like I just mentioned, the guy with the car, or gal with the car. Fear. How many know God has not given us a spirit of fear? There's a lot of people fearful today. A lot of people fear in fear because of what's happening with the Corona and COVID-19 and all that. And you, and you know our heart here. Listen, we believe it's real. We believe it's highly contagious. And yes, there are people that have died. Other than that, we don't know what to believe. And my counsel to you would be probably to spend a little bit less time or a whole lot less time watching CNN and spend time in the good news, the word of God, and you'll free your mind up. Can you say amen? So lust, fear, discouragement. So we get this story in, in 1 Kings where Jezebel, who's married to the king Ahab, 
Elijah has a power moment. You know, I don't have time to turn all these scriptures, so just go with me. You can look them up later or get the tape or whatever. Elijah has this power moment. He's on Mount Carmel, which is an actual place in Israel, right, Hannah? Uh, we've been there many times. Hannah's from Israel. And uh, if you go there now, you'll see a great big statue of Elijah, who I'm referring to now. He was God's man of faith and power. He called down the fire of heaven over the prophets of Baal, Baal being a false god. He has an unbelievable ministry moment. He's used mightily of God. And then literally, Jezebel hears about it, King Ahab's wife, and she sends Elijah running in fear for his life. So we know the lust thing is very obviously with her, okay? But now we see that she's trying to instill fear upon the man of God. And that's why we need to pray for leaders today. Can I just say to you, loved ones, you need to pray for pastors and not only pastors, but their families, their kids and their grandkids, you know? Because the enemy knows if he can't get to the man of God, he'll come and attack his wife, his children, his grandchildren, and this is not, I'm not breaking out a violin. We're, thank God, we're, we're gloriously saved and enjoying the, the fruit of the ministry and the blessing of the Lord. Can you say amen? amen. Last night we went to a wedding. It was, it was awesome. They had a rooftop wedding last night in Carbondale. My friend built this hotel, and his daughter happened to be getting married. He actually built the church years ago, and it was what a great to-do, you know? I mean, it was awesome. It was on the rooftop of uh, the Anthracite Hotel, the, the parking garage there. They had 250 people there in a tent. And it was amazing. And we sat down next to another pastor and his wife. And uh, she said to my wife, or no, actually it was the other gal, right? She said, man, you're a pastor's wife. That must be a hard job. And Becky said, no, actually, I like it. You know, consider who she's married to. Amen. Praise <laughs> <laughs> God. I'm just kidding. But the thing is, we got to pray for our leaders. Can you say amen? amen. we got to pray for them. The Bible says pray for those who are in authority. Or they have watch over your souls and will give an account to God himself one day. Amen. So lust, fear, and now we have discouragement. Elijah's discouraged. He gets discouraged. He, he, he runs through the desert. He's exhausted because sometimes ministry can be exhausting just like anything in life. I want to tell you, I love what I do, but if you think this is all we do, preach for an hour or something on a Sunday, folks, this is the fun part of it. Casting out devils, it's, it's the other days, okay? It's the deformation of character, the, sometimes the, the local media that tries to tear your name to shreds because they could sell fake news that way. Amen. So it's okay. I, I still haven't read the stories. I, I don't listen to the news. Remember? And you shouldn't either. Praise <laughs> God. And so listen, so he deals with these things. And then we have Elijah sitting under a tree, and he's exhausted. And he just starts going off. And he says to God, listen, take my very life. When people get discouraged, they'll start saying, I don't even want to live anymore. That's not how it's supposed to be. You ever been there? I'm just sick of it. I don't even want to, I don't even want to, and they'll go and like, you know, do it on a Netflix binge or something like that, you know, but it gets worse because people go from discouragement to depression. You know, anybody battle the spirit of depression? Many people. Yeah, there you are. Many, many, many more people that didn't put their hand up and that's okay. I'm just saying, do you believe this is true? If a man like Elijah, we're talking major prophet here, 
could go from God's man of faith and power, watching the fire of heaven fall and burn up all the stone and the water and all this stuff in the middle of a drought, could be in 24 hours depressed and then wanting to end his own life, then the common man or woman could take notes on that and learn from that, right? And so it's the Spirit. And now I just want to say that when we fast forward, and I know I'm giving you a lot, it's like I have about 100% in me, and I'm hoping that you'll get about 25% of what I have in front of me. Fast forward the clock. You see John the Baptist. The Bible said John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah. Isn't that interesting? John the Baptist, you still with me? Is it too deep for you? John the Baptist came preparing the way for Jesus. The Bible said that the spirit of Elijah was upon him. That's like the opposite of Jezebel, okay? The spirit of Elijah is upon John the Baptist, and he was attacked. So what does that mean, he was attacked? I'll tell you. He was attacked because Herod the Great, remember Herod the Great? He named himself Herod the Great, by the way. <laughs> Six Herods in the Bible. He, named, he wanted to kill Jesus. Okay, so Herod the Great, watch this, married his brother's wife. He was living in adultery, and John the Baptist, under the spirit of Elijah, called him out publicly, the king. Yeah, this is in your Bible. This is a Bible story. You might want to read it. It'll help you with all this craziness out there today. And so what happens is Herod's wife is so embarrassed and humiliated that she gets the king, King Herod the Great, to throw a big old party, uh, like a drunken type party, the worst you can imagine. And she gets her youngest daughter to come out and dance for the king. Listen, she did a lewd and nasty dance. I don't know what she did. I don't know how she did it. Let's keep this clean. Amen. But she did a dance and watch this. Now, the spirit of Jezebel came upon her and she seduced and enticed all of the people that were at that party that night. And the king says, I don't have time. This is in Mark. You can put it up if you got to hope you're following me back there. You can put it. This is in the gospels. This is in your Bible. The king says, you can have anything you want up to half the kingdom. Are you with me? I'll take that one, amen. Bless you, sis. You know your Bible. He said, you can have whatsoever you would ask of me. I'll give it unto you up to half of my kingdom. Now, notice she didn't say, I'll take a Mercedes-Benz chariot. I'll take one of your palaces, you know. Uh, you know, I, I, she didn't say that. She went back to her mother. Watch this now. Are you still with me? She went back to her mother and she said, what should I, what should I ask the king for? He's offered me up to half the kingdom. Watch this. Spirit of Jezebel. She says, tell the king you want John the Baptist's head on a platter. And it was granted. That's the spirit of Jezebel. It's manipulation. It's lust. It's discouragement and depression. Powerful, powerful story. And listen, did you know, by the way, that a lot, there are people that sit under sermons like this every single week? And this has been my concern from day one. 
that they'll sit under anointed men of God and women of God that will share under the gifts of the Spirit and a corporate anointing, as we talked about a couple weeks ago. And yet they're stirred, but it doesn't change their character. Let me give you two quick examples. Ahab, who I just talked about in Kings, the king, actually used to listen to the sermons of Elijah. And would sit there and amen and clap his hands and all that. John the Baptist, fast forward the clock to the New Testament, John the Baptist would preach to King Herod. And he was like blown away. He loved the revival meeting. He loved to go to church and sing the songs on the screen or whatever they had back then, you know. He loved that. Watch this. He was stirred. He was stirred, but he wasn't changed. It didn't affect his character. Therefore, it didn't affect his life. Therefore, he continued in his sinful ways. And my concern for the ministry is that, folks, that we would be stirred but not changed. Is this okay today? We would be stirred in our hearts, but it would make no difference in our lives out there. True Christianity is not saying amen, hallelujah on a Sunday morning and bringing a Bible or knowing the latest version of a translation or something like that. That's, that's all well and good. But true Christianity should be out there. Can you say amen? So we've got to break that spirit off so we can get healing, deliverance, and freedom. Can you say amen? And so I'm, I'm almost done. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I always feel like I'm racing that stupid clock. Why? You know, it's just... Thank you, Jesus. And so... The Bible said in Revelation 12 that the serpent opened its mouth, and out of its mouth, watch this, Revelation 12, poured, don't turn there, poured filth, uh, water symbolic of words, Sexual images. Can I tell you today, again, I'm not anti-technology, but with the internet, with these phones, how many know the enemy is still pouring filth out? Child pornography. Are you kidding me? There'll be a special place in hell for people who don't repent. Anyone that would ever hurt a kid. Can I just tell you something? I have six great kids. I mean, I, it's unthinkable, folks. That's a spirit of the children of Jezebel. And it must be broken over a person's life. You can't allow a door in your life, sir, to manipulate you. Don't play around with this stuff. Don't fool around with it. And so, you know, I'm just saying to some people today, it's, you have to have that conviction. He says the mind and the hearts that belong to Jesus, and yet you can do it with a click. Just like the tree in the garden, you can do it with a click today. It can be in your face, in your home, in your bedroom, in your marriage. And, and, and again, I'm dealing with people not to go to this church. It's just, it, it, I had somebody over the weekend come over to me, and it's just like it made me like sick, like sick. And I'm seeing children in the background. That's demonic. It's a spirit that's come against the family here. And I'm going to tell you, it would do good to preachers that would stand up behind a sacred desk like this and square their shoulders and preach the unadulterated word of God that sets men and women free of this stuff. And then healing could begin because that spirit is broken off of a person. Can you say amen? Come on, somebody give God praise. 
Amen. The good news, here it is. Jesus said, and this is in Malachi 4 or 5, if you want to just don't turn, just write it down. He says, I'm sending the spirit of Elijah on the end time church. <sighs> Think about that. Come on now. God says, I'm not going to let them go to waste. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Worship team, come on back. I get to close this last story. It's amazing to me. It's in 2 Kings 9. You know, God never used Elijah again when he blew it. In fact, in fact, if you know your Bible, he put his mantle on Elisha. Okay? But Elisha anointed Jehu. You still with me? And Jehu was young. He's full of fire. God said to Elisha, you're done. Your miracles are over. Just pass the mantle on now to Elisha. And the first thing Elisha did with this new ministry was he called some people together and he anointed Jehu. Jehu, what did he do? He gets on his horse and he rode out to the capital city where Jezebel was. <laughs> are, you, are you hearing what the Spirit of God is trying to say to some people here today? This is why I know I've been fought so hard on this this week. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And those battles all that you fight are for reasons. And you might not ever understand them fully, but one day you will. Spirit, we're spiritual beings. Our spirits need to be fed and nurtured. Amen? And sometimes you've got to do it right, even if you don't feel it. I just got to say that to somebody today. Sometimes we don't feel. My wife and I have been married 31 years. They called out everybody on the dance floor. They said, every married couple come out on the dance floor last night. And I said to my wife, oh, come on. She's like, okay. <laughs> and so we went out there and they said, if you're married less than five years, have a seat. You know, and they played that Righteous Brothers song. You never close your eyes when I smile. Right in Carbondale, Pennsylvania. Amen. <laughs> you lost that love and feeling. Uh, Righteous Brothers, 1966. Uh, anyway, and so then they said, if you're married less than 10 years, have a seat. I was like, praise God, we made it past the 10-year mark, amen? <laughs> and they said, <laughs> they said, if you're married, they went a little long, if you're married less than 15 years, you have a seat. 20 years, 25 years, 30 years. We're still hanging in there. We're on year number 31. Can you say praise God? Amen. More in love than ever. And then, you know what? They said, if you're married, what was it, 35? Was it that the next call? 35 years, have a seat. She's like, oh, God, finally. Thank God we go sit down now. She's like, shh, God, play some. Sit, have a seat. So I just sat back down with the other preachers. You know, I don't know what it is about preachers. Sometimes they're the most starchiest people in the whole room. Like, what in the world is that? You know, I got saved and now I have no fun. I'm cut right out of granite, you know. It's like, you know, it's the joy of the Lord is my strength. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> the Bible said Jehu, when he was anointed by Elisha, got on his horse under the leading of the Holy Spirit. And the first thing he did was ride to the capital city where Jezebel was in the palace. And the Bible said she was painting her face. <laughs> 
and she looked out and said, who do you think you are? <laughs> she had no idea who he was and who she was messing with. It was a greater spirit than the spirit of pornography or the lust or discouragement or fear or depression. Who do you think you are? And the Bible said there were three eunuchs that were around her. Three eunuchs, meaning that the king had castrated these three men so they wouldn't flirt around with his wife. I don't know how else to say it. Listen, somebody, you know what that means? That means that the spirit of Jezebel will try to take the productive spirit away from you. So you won't reach the generations that you were meant to reach. Try to deem you unproductive. I've seen, I've seen people walk through the door and I can tell in my spirit, I've literally at times heard the Lord say, that's a Jezebel spirit right there. Whew. It's tough, man. But greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. I've seen them. I've seen people come in, try to manipulate the man of God, try to manipulate people against the man of God. Can I tell you, Jezebel hates the man of God. Spirit of her children is still alive today, hates the prophets, hates the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists, the apostles. You think when all this was going on back at Easter with Dr. Rodney and all these, do you really, and this church even, do you really, Jonathan, do you really think that that was not the, the work of the devil coming out? Why in the world would they want to shut down a church and let the liquor store be open? Come on, somebody. Are you that anesthetized that you don't realize that there's a battle we wrestle not against flesh and blood? Spirits. You know, and I'm not getting, listen, if, you, if you're one of them people that are like, yeah, we need more teaching on demons and that, uh, you need to probably dial it down a little bit. <laughs> if you're one of them people that are like, man, I, I, you know, I don't believe anything like this, but, well, then you probably need to crank it up a little bit, okay? Come somewhere to the middle on this. This is in your Bible. Jehu says, he looks at her. She says, who do you think you are? With three eunuchs around her. And Jehu sits on his horse. He said, who is it that's on the Lord's side? That's what he said. The Bible said those eunuchs literally picked up Jezebel. They picked her up, Brother Gary, from that palace balcony. And they threw her. They flung her body over top. It hit the ground. And her blood splattered. It splattered on the wall. It splattered on the horse. And watch this. It splattered under the feet of the horse, and the horse began to trample like that on the blood. That blood represents the spirit that would try to come against the work of God, the spirit of lust, the spirit of fear, the spirit of depression, the spirit of discouragement. And I want to say to somebody here today, who is it that's on the Lord's side? Joshua, I read it this morning in my devotions. I don't even know who sent it to me. Somebody was on the U version, you know. Joshua 24, he says, you know what? Who are you going to serve? You're going to serve the God of the Amorites? He's like 110 years old. You know, I had an aunt that lived to be 107 right up here in Connecticut. He's like 110. They won every single battle, and he stands up with his family, and he draws a line, and he's like, the whole tribe was like going crazy. Some of them are going back to idolatry. Other ones are into all kinds of immorality. And Joshua rears up in his old age, you know, and he says, who are you going to serve? I say to the American church today, who are you going to serve? 
Joshua says, choose you this day whom it is you'll serve. But as for me and my house, as he drew that line in the sand, we will serve the Lord most high. If you believe that, stand to your feet and give God a mighty hand of praise. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory in these last days. Whoa, I'm going to see a victory. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the powerful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Sing that, Dean. I'm going to see. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see. Come on, lift your hands this morning, church. For the battle belongs to you. Yeah, it's beautiful. Go ahead. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to see a victory. I want every head bowed, every eye closed in the presence of the Lord. Man, I just feel this so strong in my spirit. I feel like the enemy has tried to battle me on every front this week. Every single front. Knowing the word that God had imparted right here to deliver to you. Paul said, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered unto you. It's for you. It's to help you, to free you up. It's not entertainment. Entertainment can't save you. It can't, entertainment can't get your kids off of drugs. It can't get them out of jail. It can't restore busted and broken relationships in marriage. There's only one who can set you free, and his name is Jesus. It's Jesus only. It's by his blood only are all men set free. Amen. I'm asking every person to get really, really honest today. Sometimes we've got to do a little soul searching. We've got to ask the Holy Spirit, the living God, to take the lamp, the search engine, and search the corridors of our heart. The Bible said, I just read it to you before, brethren, that he searches the mind and the heart of his people. Why? Because he loves us. He searches that thing. He loves you too much to leave you alone, to leave you the way you are. He's trying to help you. He's trying to strengthen you. He's trying to get you, if you're sick and in a hospital bed, he's trying to get you up out of that bed and get you back to health. And I believe today, prophetically, as I'm speaking to you, that there are people both in this room and watching on the other side of that camera, that this is like a medicine that is coming, that they are actually giving you only a certain amount of time to live. And God said, listen, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. I will raise up a servant, a man of God, that will declare the word of God. 
spirit of Jezebel break that spirit off today and be tormented no longer. Brother Ted talks about a buffeting spirit. Oh my God, I wish I had time here. I want everybody to bow your head, close your eyes on me. In the presence of the Lord, if that's you, and you say, man, you know what? <laughs> Pastor, you're speaking right to me. I opened a door. I had victory. I love God. I'm saved. But my God, I feel like I've opened a door and my home has been like hell. If that's you, I want you to just go ahead and come forward. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's just family here. That's it. Go ahead. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Come on. We're going to see a victory here. We're going to see a victory here. We're going to see a victory this morning. Let's act upon the word of God. Let's put some feet to our faith this morning. God bless you. Come on, sing. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. Come on. Come on. Come on. said to me, you know, there are people here that I want to set free and I want to deliver this morning, but they believe the lie of the enemy. And here's what the lie is. <laughs> if you go forward, if you go forward and you give your life over to Christ, what's going to happen is, you see, this is the voice of the devil. I'm telling you, folks, if you go forward this morning, what's going to happen is you're going to give up everything you like to do. Let me tell you something. Alcoholism isn't pretty. Drug addiction isn't pretty. Adultery is not pretty. The thief comes to steal, Jesus said, kill and destroy. He wants to steal your peace, your happiness, your joy, the harmony and unity that God wants for your home, sir. Why not by faith today? Say, who cares what anybody else thinks about me? Who cares? I could, I could share with you a dozen personal examples where I almost lost everything because I was allowing things in my life. I'm telling you, it's real, man. It's as real as a heart attack. Thank God that somebody in this church prayed for my wife and I. Thank God, you know. Who else am I going to pick up the paper and see someone file for a divorce? You know, somebody got busted for drugs. 
I've dealt with it. I'm telling you, I've seen people who God has used mightily, prestigious people in the kingdom. I don't know how else to say it, affluent people. And their, and their marriage came crashing down because they opened up a door in their life for things. And he's not gonna, you know, a person doesn't wake up one day and decide to be an alcoholic. I think I'll be an alcoholic today. I think I'll be a drug addict today. How many know it's a slow fade? Yeah. They sit in a church and they're all about it on fire for God. Then they start getting a little sour. The enemy comes, oh yeah, what about that? Yeah, but they're not doing this. Oh, what about, and next thing you know, I've seen it. I've seen people go from the, from, the plat, from the choir to the front row, to the back row, to the balcony and out the door. Why? Because they've allowed something in their life to entangle them. This is all, in, this is all through your Bible. What does the Hebrew writer say? Let us get rid of the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run this race with perseverance that is clearly marked out for us. You know? So I just feel like I'm speaking to someone here today. This, there's no condemnation here. We love you. This pastor's for you. I'm trying to help you to get freed up today. If that's you and you need to be here, we're just going to sing this chorus one last time and then we're going to pray and we're going to release you. But if you need to be here, sir, be honest with God. Be real with God. Don't worry what somebody thinks about you. Let me tell you something. Do you know how many people are going to miss heaven because of some stupid thought that somebody thinks about? Who cares what they think? Who cares? You're going to stand before God. They're going to be nowhere in the picture. You might as well stand, come to an altar, and give it over to Jesus today and walk out of here a free man and a free woman. So come on. I'm going to see you. Come on, sing. I'm going to see you. Cooley, I don't know if you remember Lindell, dear friend. He called me Wednesday night when the camp meeting was over. He said, hey, he texted me. He said, hey, you got a minute? I literally just walked through that door. I said, I sure do. He called me right up on the phone. How's it going? I said, good. Talking about camp meeting and all this stuff. Years ago, I want to tell you how real this is. You don't think this is real. I'm not saying you guys don't, but I don't know. Maybe somebody watching, I'm just, I won't close this, but I, just, I want to say this. He said, man, I was in a major church, an Assembly of God church. This was just a few years ago. And the guy was, if I said his name, a lot of people in this room would know exactly who I'm talking about. He was a very well-known pastor of a large church in the state of Texas. Big church, like, I don't know, six, 7,000, like a mega church. Had his whole family with him, kind of like here. Family, you know, grandparents, all that. Grandbabies everywhere. It was beautiful. He was blessed of God gifted preacher, writer, speaker. Lindell said they invited me to come in. I've known him for years. He said he's been a mentor to me. He said I was sitting on the platform. Place was packed. They're worshiping. He said I'm getting ready to go over to minister. The pastor's going to introduce me. Listen. He said 
I had a message I was going to teach on worship. We're going to worship a little bit. I was going to preach on the worship and the Father's heart and all that stuff. He said, the Lord said to me, scrap your notes. I want you to preach, listen, on adultery and fornication today. And he was like, oh, God. He goes like, I, he said, what did I do? I hit my knees. This is like two minutes before they introduced him to take the mic. And it's like lights, camera, and action. And a man who's a mentor sitting next to him. He said, man, I just, I said, okay, let's go. So, you know, we have the word, right? We have the scripture. So he said, I started reading the scriptures. God hates that stuff. You know, the lust of the eye, the pride of life and all that. He said, when I gave an altar call, there were about 1,500 men in that church that came forward that said, I'm struggling bad. And I feel like I, our marriage ain't even going to make it if I don't get freed up today. You know, spirit of Jezebel, right? He said, I preached on that thing. And he said, men got freed up it was awesome he said but then i found out listen two weeks later two weeks later that pastor who was a mentor of mine i'm talking the best of men really up in years he had an adulterous affair with the secretary two weeks before lindell came to town and he had to leave the ministry and he went through restoration and all that his family stayed by him but folks really if that could happen to someone like that you can't tell me that there aren't people that are tormented by a buffeting spirit in the area of lust, in the area of fear. Come on. It's not just lust. Fear. The area of discouragement. People get discouraged. Elijah, man. I mean, if Elijah could get discouraged, you tell me that people can't get discouraged. Depressed. Depression leads to suicide. That's what he said. Take my life. I don't even want it. Elijah was saying that to God after he saw the miracles of God. God's blessed us. Everything, everything's good with our home, thank God. You know, but I'm, I felt by the Spirit so strong this week to deliver this message unto you. And I'm telling you, folks, we love you so much, really. Trust me, we've been here a long time. But I don't want to see God's people be tormented any longer. I don't want to see God's people, His children, be attacked by a buffeting spirit that has been trying to destroy their home for years. So why not, and just in faith today, say, so that's me, man. I need God. I, I want to come get clean. I want to leave this junk, this garbage at the foot of the old rugged cross. I'm going to leave here delivered in Jesus' name. Amen. Let the spirit of Elijah come on you today. The Holy Spirit, okay? Would, would you just pray this prayer with me out loud this morning? I know it's a heavy duty thing. It's a heavy message, but it needed to be said. Amen. And listen, don't, don't take that shovel and go like this. I want so-and-so to hear this. That's for you. So we're, I don't know who said that last week in the camp meeting. Some of us are experts of sitting there and going like this with the shovel. Don't worry about your brother, your sister, or someone standing. It's you, the man in the mirror, the woman in the mirror that God's trying to deal with today. Every one of us, if we're honest, have dealt with one of those four areas, if not all four areas, at one season or another in our life, right? So just pray this prayer with me. Father... Today, I come in Jesus' name, and I thank you that no weapon formed against me will ever prosper. Today, Lord, I bring my hurts, my habits, and my hang-ups to you. You said, Jesus, we could cast our cares upon you, and you will give us rest. For our souls. 
I thank you that he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Today, Lord, once again, I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the grave. And because he lives, I too shall live forever. I have eternal life. I am saved. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Come on, give God a mighty hand of praise. Come on. Wow, what a powerful message. Thank you so much for inviting us into your home. And we would love to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. And you can let us know how these broadcasts have helped you. We will see you next time. And one more thing, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.